Guys, welcome to the Drive-In Podcast. I'm Lamont. And I'm Alex. And we watch bad movies. So you don't have to. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we got, this is our year-ender. We're doing our top five. And this has been a pretty good year for, for some media, right? I mean, the, yeah. the TV shows, the movies, there's some really good art out there, right? In, 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 spite, of, in spite of the strike, in spite of uh, Hollywood, you know, losing their mind and not taking care of the people, we still had, <laughs> we still had a great uh, showing of some great content throughout the year. No doubt, we definitely have. Now we try to break it down. We feel like when you do five, that means you really care about them. Because anybody can do ten. Like I yeah. can rattle off ten. Five is kind of you gotta some you gotta cut bait. You can't put you know you gotta have these are really good shows. So these are our five favorite. Now you're gonna have your own five. So post your own five app and let us know what you think. But we're gonna we're gonna start with TV shows. So, Alex, 2023, what's your number five pick as far as TV shows on streaming or on network? What's your number five pick? I'm going to go ahead and go with, uh, it was on, I can't remember what streaming service it was on, but I'm going to go with Beef. Amy, are you okay? I've been hustling my whole life. Yeah. Look where it's gotten me. Let's make it stop. What is your problem? What? Beef was a strong showing, uh, great storytelling uh, with these two rivals. It was funny, but yet it was kind of heartbreaking to see these people go through all these emotional changes. But a great uh, storytelling, great uh, (laughs) acting from the leads in it. Uh, Beef for me was a a great uh, series to watch. Yeah, was it on Netflix or um, I'm trying to remember which source it was was, it was, was streaming from. B it was, was on Netflix. B was on Netflix. Stephen Yun from uh, the Walking Dead series. And uh, Invincible. He's also the yeah. voice of Invincible. Yeah. So he, He's a gold. Ali Wong, who's a great comedian. Yeah. I, th- you know, I thought it was really, it, it didn't make my top five, but it was really entertaining. It's right up there at six or seven for me. But okay. I really, I really enjoyed Beef, and I, I see why you put it on your list. Now they're saying that they're gonna do a second season, so oh wow, uh, yeah, I was, you know, it, it was, it was good. It like, yeah, has some really good standout performances in it. So uh, David Cho, I thought as Isaac, Isaac was, you know, that was one of your favorites. Yeah, that's the um, <laughs> that's the cousin, like the, yeah, the cousin, yeah, yeah. So hilarious, bro. Yeah, so Beef, like I see why you put it at five. It's it's really entertaining. Yeah. All right. How about you? Uh, for my number five, uh, let me see. I'm going with, and I don't, I don't usually deal with horror. I don't. Mm. But for this one, thought Dominique Fishback was amazing. I'm going with Swarm. Uh, yeah. If I got to do her makeup, I wouldn't be able to touch her face. My hands would be shaking. <laughs> You still tweeting from that old ass one account? Mm-hmm. She is not like everybody else. She knows what we're thinking and she gives it a name. She's a goddess. With your feet on the air and your head on the ground. I gotta grow up, Dre. I can't stay here with you. Why are you doing this to me? I had to ask you to leave. Try to strip and spin it. What do you think she's doing right now? <laughs> Who's your favorite artist? <laughs> You're a killer bee. Yeah, someone was like this lady who was obsessed with this Beyonce type character. Uh, 
only like eight episodes, but really entertaining, really interesting. Uh, and you rarely see like an African American lady serial killer. So mm-hmm. I thought, like, if you're gonna do it, is pretty amazing. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Dominique Fishback, amazing performance. Dance, Damson Ildris stops in for a couple of episodes. He doesn't. That's stay what I'm long. talking about. Yeah, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, yeah. Franklin. Franklin Saint falls in for a little bit, and but uh, it's if you haven't seen it, it's really really entertaining. Uh, it's something different. Yeah. So that's why I had to put it at my number five. Yeah, it's it's almost to the point where you know I would love to see somebody make in an alternate reality, uh, uh, because you know that following of Beyonce is strong. The Beehive is strong, but I think yeah. these Swifties are starting to get a little vibrato in their voice. They're coming up a little bit harder too. So I'm I'm nervous. Don't you it's two people you can't say nothing bad about. Taylor Swift and Beyonce. And, and Beyonce. If you say anything yeah. bad about them, get ready for the heat. So yeah, you can't no you can't even pretend you can't even yeah. No, you don't don't even canceled. even now I'm nervous. Like I really want to <laughs> use the bathroom by even saying it because those two people untouchable. Yeah. So okay, I get you. All right, well that's my uh, my number five. What's your number four, sir? Number four, I'm gonna go with Twisted Metal. Twenty years ago, the world fell to shit. Cities put up walls to protect themselves and threw the criminals out so they could fight over what was left. But there are humble motherfuckers like me delivering cargo from one walled city to another. And that's where the cars and guns come in. That was on Paramount. Uh, with yeah, our boy, yeah. uh, <laughs> our boy, uh, Captain, Captain Falcon, Captain Falcon, <laughs> American Black, Black Captain America, uh, Twisted Metal, hilarious in a very twist, like they say, it's Twisted Metal, it's a twisted way. It's like Armageddon. If Mad Max met Killer Cows from Outer Space, met uh, just stupid. Stupid stuff. It's it's like one of those things. I watched this just to wind down, and I know it was real gory in 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 its nature, but it was hilarious to watch. Uh, so twisted metal for me, and I think they're getting a nod for a second season. Uh, oh, wow. in uh twenty twenty four. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I really love the clown. The clown ah. was was the highlight for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. That that that's a good series. Oh, and our girl from uh Brooklyn Nine Nine, she's oh, yeah. also in there. Yeah. So. And, oh yeah. Also, I'm, while I'm thinking about it, at the end we're gonna have to have some shout out to Andre Brower. Yeah. We got R.I.P. Life on the Street. Yeah. Homicide. This uh, awesome, awesome actor. But great actor. Totally great actor. Yep. Made okay. Made me think about that. But uh, all right. My uh my number four, going with Invincible. We all remember that day. For some, the pain will never fade. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be my dad. What if that happens? What if I become him and I don't even know it? I need to do more. I can save lives. Put me back out there. Mark isn't like other Viltrumites. He's a good guy. Dinner tonight. Go save the world, Invincible. You're way too good for me! Mmm. Invincible only had four episodes, but... This year, yep. This year, but man, it was some really good episodes. Yeah. Like the introduction of Sterling K. Brown, the way they brought Omni-Man back. I like, I'm just, I can't wait for the next four to drop. Uh, It's literally one of my favorite shows. Like, I was... Couldn't wait for it to get here, and then when it get got here, it didn't disappoint. The voice acting, J.K. Simmons, Sandra, like they're all amazing. So that's that's why it's my number four. It would have been up higher if I would have had the whole, you know, the whole season. But for me, even with just ha- it's it's just going with half a season, and it's already in my yeah life. yeah, it's real strong. Um, I loved. Every bit of Invincible, the four uh, episodes that we saw, and we we did a show on it, uh, and it's it's high octane, pure gas. I think we both gave them a full tank. Oh yeah, on, on our rating scale. So, yeah, Invincible goes hard. Now, for my three, 
uh, I'm gonna go ahead and stay in the superhero vein. I'm gonna go with Gen V, man. Being a hero is not about glory. It's about sacrifice. Welcome to Godolkin University. Hey! We've trained the best and brightest young heroes since 1965. Godolkin is a safe space for you to thrive. Moreau, you could be the first top-ranked freshman in history. I think you meant to say first black woman in the seven. Gen V for me is in, in my top five because it's it's already a spinoff of a great uh, uh, streaming uh, series, but it holds its own without being like, you know, with most spinoffs, you, they depend so hard on the original version that they came from to get his name with this you could have had you could have you could have put that before boys the boys and it still would have been a great show so gen v for me is uh my number three uh and it's funny that you brought up uh invincible because i think i sent you a comic strip of an animated version of if omni man and uh homelander had a had a fight I got my money on Omni Man. I really uh, do. Look, if you watch the video, well, I'm gonna save it. If if you go on, I don't know which where it is, but it's somewhere where they have these two battling it out, and it's not disappointing. So, but Gen V for me was was a strong showing in uh 2023. Yeah, Gen V was strong. Like it, like you said, it held its own against the original. It's a great show on its own. Uh. Love the stories it's telling, so I I see why it's on your list. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three, I'm going with the Last of Us. If you don't think there's hope for the world, why bother going on? You haven't seen the world, so you don't know. You keep going for family. I'm not family. No. Cargo. Why are you so important? Somewhere out west. They're working on a cure. I think what really impressed them was the fact that I didn't turn into a monster. Mm. HBO Max right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Cal, basically, he's the Mandalorian at the end of the world. Hey, let me tell you something. The dude that got all the, in between him, who else was getting all those checks? Because he was he was cross pollinating against all type of universes. He was Mandalorian. He was he he's this guy. Uh, yeah, Joel in the Last of Us. Uh, Stephen Young who was invincible, and then he was on B. Like cats are getting money now. Yeah, so I'm not, cats, I'm not even cats mad. getting paid, bro. Cats but, getting paid, and they going through major labels. Like you, you wouldn't hear that in the music world. You're not gonna have Tupac on Bad Boy and Death Row at the same time. But these guys are doing it. Like people are doing Marvel and DC, and they're and they're balancing out characters in them. It's crazy. Yeah, and then they even just rumors of him being uh in a Fantastic Four. So How about like, that? Yeah, like like he'll be Miss uh Doctor. What is it, Mister Fantastic? Mister Fantastic. <laughs> it's so many doctors and misters. I don't know how to address people, but yeah, Mister Fantastic. He's gonna be the stretch guy. Like it's crazy. Yeah, so I don't know. It has some really really good standalone episodes. There's one with Nick Offerman in it from uh, Parks and Rec. That's mm-hmm. really really good. Uh, it's just a strong. This is basically the end of the world story, and he's trying to save this little girl. And get it from point A to point B. It's Mandalorian, yeah. just replace it with real people. But it's really, really good, really strong. Only ten episodes, but it's on HBO Max right now, and it's definitely worth watching. It reminds me of like a Hayden The Walking Dead, mm. like, ele- like elevated. The acting's really good. The sets are really good. So that's why it's up there for me. It's just one of those things where every Sunday you tuned in, like you know. Sopranos of those shows, like mm-hmm. I was like I was feeding for the next episode, so that's why I had it put up there at number three for me. Okay, what's your number two? I'm gonna number go two. number two. Uh, yes, I'm an adult. 
Yes, I Uh-oh. pay my bills on the regular, but <laughs> I'm gonna go with Disney, and I'm gonna go with uh, Secret uh, Invasion. Fury, since you've been gone, things have gotten much worse. How do you think I came back? You're in no shape for this fight that lies before us, old friend. This is personal. A lot of people knocked it, said it wasn't that good, but for me, you know we're doing a top five, right? We know we're doing top five, right? Yeah, I'm doing top five, and it's and it's two, and it's two, and I know people knocked that. I know it. But for me, keep giving me Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury, uh, and and showing depth in that character. Yes, it ended bad with him and his alien wife, girlfriend, blah blah blah, because you really don't see any good exchange as far as emotion is concerned. But I really dug that because it set up uh, the Marvels for me. Uh, in a sense. So I will put that in my top two. Well, my number two as far as my top five. So Ooh, I know I know I know a lot of people are cringing on that, but yeah. and, and probably they judging me, but you know what? Half of you eat uh pineapples on pizza, so shut up. First of all, pineapple on pizza is amazing. You and you are part of that half. Yes, Enjoy Canadian bacon. For, and no, I'm sorry. This 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 was this might be it. This might be the worst Marvel series. Oh my God! Ever. Come on, Lamar. Yeah, nah. it's bad. I'm sorry, nah. it's bad. Nah, it's bad. Uh, I disagree with you on that one. That was my joint. And they created uh the scroll the, that nobody can fight. Like, what they gonna do with her, Gaia? What's what's gonna happen? We they gonna see her. because they got uh, they, they got to bring her back. Um, but who's gonna beat her? She has. Literally everybody's powers. I, I don't know. I I had major problems with Secret Invasion, but it's your number two, so yeah, two. You put it at two. Yeah, two. Ooh. Yes, I did. I did that. All right, all right. Uh, my number two. Come on, it could be number one, but this is the this is the final year of this show. I'm talking about Secession on HBO. Why does everyone ask how I'm feeling? I got done a huge deal. I got the election. I got ATM. I got plenty on my plate. He's on the floor, Tom. Explain me what he's doing. He's moseying, terrifyingly moseying. It's like if Santa Claus was a hitman. We were cut out behind our backs. But there's a shape for things for us. We partner up with Sandy and Stewie, with Pierce. Death wrestling ogres. Excited to get into this knife fight? Let's blow it up. I'm not authorized to let you take off. It's that. You know, in Buddhism, sometimes your greatest tormentor can also be your most perceptive teacher. Mm-hmm. Hey, Buddha, nice Tom Forts. Mm, okay. Succession, well, it was one of those. It was one of those water cooler ones. It was one uh-huh. of those. Uh, yeah, like, the Sopranos, like, like the every, every time you watch it, you got a crew of people at work that's, did you, did you see the episode of Succession? Yes. And you're yes. in a corner, just like, uh, what, what was the one, uh, Olivia Pope, um, Scandal, scandal, scandal. It's like it's like one of those type of shows. Like if you didn't talk, if you didn't know about it, you were ostracized. It was like you was outside the crew. I know they had their time. Your your office crew had their time to talk about it and be like, "Uh, how about those jets?" <laughs> be like, "No, you're not going to change our subject. We're on this." It's like, yeah. So you left out, but succession, yeah. Because yeah. when I when it first started, I was kind of out on it. I was like, okay, I don't need another show. About white people and money in a white family, but then right. you you jump into it and you're like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, like Jeremy Strong is really good, and you go to the end. This is the last season. They stuffed the landing. Like it's rare that you get a show where they get the ending right. The Wire did not get the ending mm-hmm. right. Uh, a lot of shows didn't get the ending right. This one did. It was timely, well done, well acted. Uh, just a really, really strong show that did not disappoint as far as like the the sets, the guest cast, uh, 
just they had people coming in just throwing heaters, like you know, just coming in. Sonal Lazen was in it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like there's just people that come in throughout the calf, and you're like, why are they here? Just here to play with these guys. So I really dug the final season of Secession. It raises it up. It's like it's right up there as far as HBO shows go. So that's why it's my number two, and it just beats your number two without. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's not really a competition, sir. It's, it's uh, not, but, but but it is. But okay. you know, with your competitive nature, you always try to make stuff competitive. It's okay, okay. but that's all right. With my number one, moving on from that, with my number okay. one, I'm gonna go ahead. Speaking of sticking sticking landings, uh, greatest series year after year that when it came out, I'm gonna go with Snowfall. Franklin, what do you want? Want to marry V? Have this baby? Want the life I was so close to having I could taste her? Till they ripped it away. You were supposed to be out. Out. I built an empire. Starting back in zero. That ain't gonna happen. Snowfall is my number one. Uh, it ended perfectly. It didn't kill my favorite character. Well, it killed almost everybody else, but it, it didn't kill your favorite character. It showed an option outside of what we're normally seeing in the drug world, which is death or imprisonment. Yeah. With this one, you see uh, Mr. Saint go from being this guy who had it all together to becoming his father, which was an alcoholic in the street. And, you know, can't keep a woman, as he say, you know, (laughs) but great um, writing, great uh, legacy that John Singleton left to us as far as the show was concerned. And I'm glad they stuck the landing with that actual series. So that is my number one television series that was on FX. Yeah, I you know what? It's not in my top ten. I thought it, but I agree with you on the performance of uh, Damson Eldridge, the way they mm-hmm. wrapped up the final season was strong. <clears throat> I love the callbacks, like from the first episodes to the last episodes. Like yeah. that's some true, true filmmaking. D. Ray Davis, amazing. Yeah. Uh supporting cast, amazing. I really hope they don't bring it back. I yeah. love the I love the way it ended with Franklin Saint on that road walking away. I just don't I just don't want to see you know a remix with Yeah, uh, he he getting himself together and trying to get his family back. Don't do that. No. Nah, no, nah, I think he Damson Ildris if, for the rest of his life, I think he's going to be Franklin Saint. This is one of those roles where you recognize uh you know uh, my guy's Tony Soprano, you just right. Walter White like that's Franklin Saint, and this is like a. I feel like that. I, this is a hot take. I feel like he should be the next James Bond. That's just me. I feel like that too. He ought to just. All they need to do is pack like about fifty more pounds on him, because you know we come from a rough and rugged. Uh, well, I don't know. They might leave him like he is because you know here to far the James Bond, James Brown, the James Bonds that we've known have been like slender dudes, yeah. not really buff, but this last, the last one that they had was a, was a tough one. And, you know, I think if an elbow should get it, it should be either one of, uh, Ildris or, uh, uh, uh if an Ildris should get it, you mean Damson or Damson or Ildris? Damson. Yeah, I got you. Damson. Yeah, if, yeah. if an Ildris should get it, it should be one of those two. So I think to see, to see that would be awesome. Yeah, I feel like he could do it, but okay. This is uh, for my number one, uh, my favorite show of the year, The Bear. This is coming from a place of wanting to start fresh and clean. This is going to be a destination spot. We drafted a quick term sheet. We need more money. Will you turn that thing off, please? How's that not making you insane? I don't mind it. It's a facelift, it's not a gun. Bear, it is a facelift and a gun. It's gonna take six months to open six months that's being what confident cocky crazy still thinking chaos menu yeah chaos menu but um thoughtful ah 
The yes. bear. Listen, the bear. There's forks. I think it's an episode. Amazing, just uh, amazing. Rich cousin Richie, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this the first series. The first, I think it was my number one last year, but the first uh, season was so good. They followed up the second one, and I, it's, it might have been better. Yeah, Jamie Lee, Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis was the one that put it over the top for me. She was she was the bacon in that because her nervous breakdowns were amazing in that. Um, also the cousin's development in in season yeah. two was great. Uh, but yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was a was a a game stopper. Yeah, so that that's my number. One. I feel like it's it it gives you all the feels. Like it shows you the how and the whys. The filmmaking itself was good, and I love how they had the the characters went on different journeys. Because when you come back for season two, you don't want want to rehash season one, right? But to see how they took them. And they all, all these are blossoming. Like all of them, be, you see these guys in other movies and doing other things. And even Cousin Richie, he's supposed to be the thing in um, the Fantastic Four. Oh wow. oh, wow. Yeah, so he's supposed to be the thing there. We got April O'Neil here from uh, the Ninja Turtles. So just, uh, I don't know, just a talented, talented group of people. Mm-hmm. And this, and for me, season two, just, if not better, is just right up there with season one. So that's why I've got it. That's my number one of the year. Okay. So now we're going to uh, switch uh, patterns and go to the big screen, right? To the big screen. Got it. Because, you know, that, that's what we watch. We watch the bad movies. Yeah. So, so so nobody else won't have to. So we yeah. do that. All right. So let's start off with your number five. So what's your number five movie of the year? I'm going to give number five to Dungeons and Dragons, man. Here's the thing. We're a team of thieves. And when you do this, you're bound to make enemies. Sometimes those enemies come looking for revenge. Truth be told, we help the wrong person steal the wrong thing. I really like that. It was a sleeper. I think a lot of people didn't respect, put respect on the name of it. But being that if you're a kid from the 80s, you you watched that cartoon coming up. Uh, you probably played the game if you really got deep into it. Uh, but to see the characters uh, in this this uh, film, it was really, really good. I, and for me, the inside geek in me loves uh, medieval fighting type of uh, action thrillers like that and Lord of the Rings and all that type of stuff. So uh, Dungeons and Dragons was was really dope for me. Yeah, it was surprisingly good. Like, I didn't see it in the theater. I waited for it to get on streaming. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is clever. Yeah. Like, like Chris Pratt, you got Captain Kirk in this piece. And yeah. like the chemistry with the other characters I thought was really good. And especially, like, I wasn't a gamer. Like, I didn't play this game. Yeah. But for all my friends I know that played it, they really dug the inside jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, they had Nettie from uh, Fast and Furious fame. So yeah. So, it was funny. But for somebody who doesn't even play the game, I thought it worked. So, I see. I can see why it could be your number five. Yep. My number five... And that my my number five, this this thing's gonna get Oscars, all right. This is gonna get Oscars. Mark my words, the holdover. Sir, I don't understand. That's glaringly apparent. I can't fail this class. Oh, don't sell yourself short, Mr. Coates. I truly believe that you can. Every year at Barton Academy, students, faculty, and staff depart the campus for a two-week winter break. But there are always an unfortunate few who have nowhere to go for the holidays. They're known as the holdovers. Mr. Hunnam. Hello, Mary. I heard you got stuck with babysitting duty this year. How'd you manage that? You know, he used to be a student, right? Yeah, that's why he knows how to inflict maximum pain on us. I thought all the Nazis were hiding in Argentina. Stifle it, Tully. You just earned yourself a detention, sir. Being here with you is already one big detention. Son of a bitch! 
That's another detention! Do you think I want to be babysitting you? No, I was praying your mother would pick up the phone or your father would arrive in a helicopter or a flying saucer. My father's to take dead. The holdovers, Paul Giamatti mm. plays a prep school guy. Think of, uh, ah, no, what's the movie with Robin Williams? I can't, The Dead Poets Society. Okay. Yeah, prep, prep school guy for a prep school who has to stay on stay on campus over the holidays with a bunch of kids that can't go home. They're called the holdovers. That's all I'm going to give you, but it's really, really amazing. I saw it in the theater. His performance is strong. Sounds like uh, another episode. Sounds like another version of a uh, Breakfast Club, like yeah, in detention. Yeah. It's in detention, but he's like he's the cool teacher. Oh, he's taking them places and showing them stuff. Paul Giamatti from uh, Billions, like we know him, like he's such a great actor, mm-hmm. and uh, this is a strong performance for him. I bet he gets nominated. Uh, just recently saw it, and it was so good. I was like. This has got to go on my top five. So the cool. holdovers is my number five. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna go with my number four. I didn't see it on the big screen, like like you said about uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but I saw it recently. And I, as soon as I finished watching it, I had to text you about it. It was like Transformers: Rise of the Beast <laughs> was a sleeper. For centuries, our kind has stayed hidden on Earth. But darkness has found us again. Prime. This is about the fate of all living things. Unicron is coming. Yes. <laughs> like, people slept on that. And it was like, you had great actors. Uh, you had the guy from the newer version of Do the Right, not Do the Right Thing. What it is, she gotta have it. Uh, she plays movie and she's got to have it. Yeah. Yeah. So you got him. You got uh, Fishback, who, yeah. who she's Getting 50. <laughs> she's going to be 50 years old and still going to play a teenager. The yeah. girl cannot age. It's like she got kids. She's a grown woman, but she <laughs> is still going to be a 16 year old girl. Um, and I hate to say it, even though they didn't have a black voice for. The character that's supposed to be the vehicle of jazz, mm-hmm. uh, Pete uh, Davison, uh-huh. killed it as Mirage. Man, I I love that character. Uh, but like you said, when you when you throw '90s hip hop on it, yeah, and everything in New York, it's like you got the setting and you got the soundtrack of the city, and you got the cultural aspect of it in every sense. And shout out to Toby. Uh, a lot of people don't get put respect on Toby's name as a rapper, but he's the truth, man. And now he's in acting, so I'm like, I'm looking forward to seeing him in other stuff. So that film for me is my number four, my top five for the year. Uh, it was a sleeper. I think people didn't put no respect on the name of it. Uh, and I, I, I had to put it in, in my top five, bro. Okay. All right. I, I respect that. It's a fun movie. I really enjoy it. Like it's one of the best Transformers that yeah. we've had in a while. And like I don't know much about you, but for me, bro, if you give me a Transformers, Planet of the Apes, uh, Fast and Furious, I'm there. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I don't care how many. I don't care. That was a strong I'm, sum I'm up of it. I like that. I like that sum up. Yeah, it was Planet of the Apes, um, freaking Fast, Fast and Furious, Transformers. Like I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. So. They got, they got me. All right. Uh, my number four Netflix movie. You see it in the theaters though, called The Killer. Mm, uh, okay. It's a David Fincher movie. Uh, got our, our guy uh, Michael Fassbender, which is Magneto, mm-hmm. plays a he plays a serial killer. I find music a useful distraction, a focus tool. Keeps the inner voice from wandering. from his point of view. Mm. And what's cool about this is he's really not good at his job. 
Oh wow! <laughs> like, like he's he. I got to see whole, that one, Dan. Yeah, the movie starts where he botches the job, and then after that, they have to assault his family, and then he has to exact revenge on it. But it's just well done. It's told from his point of view. Fassbender is really good in it. Fincher is a master at telling these little these pocket stories, and I thought that uh, I don't know, which is really really good. It's one of the. It's not my favorite Fincher movie, but mm-hmm. it's like it's really. Really strong performance. Uh, the cast is good. You got Tilda Swindon who, who pops up in there. Uh, and like Magneto is strong. Fastman is in a bunch of stuff this year. But for me, this was uh, my number four. He's catching on Netflix. And it like it plays well on Netflix. So you get a chance, check it out. It's really, really good. Mm, okay. Okay. What's your number uh, three, sir? For me, I know I, know I, I preach so hard against sequels. Uh-oh. And and Uh-oh. follow-ups and all that stuff, y'all to leave certain things alone. But for me, as far as 2023 was concerned, John Wick 4. Saying goodbyes. Saying hello. You think your wife can hear you? No. Then why bother? Maybe I'm wrong. going to die. Maybe not. Goodbye to you, my trusted friend. A new day is dawning. New ideas, new rules, new management. We've known each other since we were nine Who is this? The Marquis de Gramont. Is my number three. It held strong. Uh, the only thing that I got is it left you suspended in the air with the uh, the character of John Wick. Could he be dead? Could he not be dead? It's not fair to the viewers. Either we're going to end it or we're going to keep it going. Like, I don't... I don't like you, you take that personally, man. I, I do. I do. I really do. Because I'm like, man, come on, man. I mean, we already had one major character in there who passed away in real life. Rest in peace to uh, Riddick. But if we're going to end John Wick, let's end it and, and then open up the door. If we're going to do a spinoff, do a spinoff of uh, what's the what's the black guy character in it? I forgot his name in the actual thing. Mr. Mr. Nobody. Come on. Man. One of the Mr. coldest. Nobody. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Nobody. One of the coldest. I would love to see a television series of Mr. Nobody. Just a mercenary for hire that comes through, but he has a conscience. Like, I would love to see that happen. So, John Wick 4 is my number three. Okay. Um, my number three, I'll be, first of all, John Wick 4, amazing action sequences. Like, yeah. The, unbelievable. The, unbelievable. Cause unbelievable. Because you, you can't make no, I mean, come on, as, as much material as we make, you can't make a, a three-piece suit bulletproof. Come on now. We need no, to stop that. Not doing that, but great action sequences. Strong action sequences. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for me, my number three is another sequel. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse. I can hear you being quiet, Mom. I, um, hope I didn't ice your game, man. No one my age says those words in that order. It's just hard to see my little man not being my little boy all the time. Yeah. For years, I've been taking care of this little boy. Making sure he is loved. That he feels like he belongs wherever he wants to be. Duh. Yes. Yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like what they're trying to say with the character. I did not like the ending. I'm not a fan of cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. That that bothers me. I feel like this is probably the best best version of Spider-Man that we've had. Uh, it's just Shamik Moore, really good job at the voice. Yeah. Really, Haley Steinfeld, amazing. Brian Tyree as the father, just strong. Like it's just a really strong cast. I love to be. I love being in this world with them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, for me, Across the Spider Verse uh, is my number three. I know it's a sequel, but it's just a continuation of telling a really strong Spider Man story. Yeah, cool. I agree with you one hundred percent. Stepping into my number two, it's also a sequel. 
Um, two sequels, two sequels. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hate to say it, but it is what it is. It was 2023. We had to write a strike. Nobody offered us good stuff to watch. I would say this, uh, and it's one of my favorite actors ever. So I'm gonna give it to Denzel Washington in uh, Equalizer Three, man. Ciao, Roberto. Roberto, tell me, what did you do back home? Government work. I'm retired, man. I understand pain, death, or you. Who is that? My bandy. <laughs> because of these people, I'm beginning to understand real peace. Roberto, this is my wife. Ciao, ciao. Oh. And I'm starting to believe. Ciao, Jenso. They see you as one of us now. This is where I'm supposed to be. That's my number two. Number two, Equalizer 3. Uh... They don't kill off my guy. He just lives in peace in Italy with his new young girlfriend, future wife. Uh, and I and I love it. I love how he handled everybody. So um Equalizer Three for me is my number two. Oh, there you go again. Yeah, you with the twos, but uh <laughs> it's fine, but it's not cool. <laughs> Like, like I feel like Cam Newton. I feel like at this point, Denzel, he's a system quarterback. Like he's a game manager. He's not a game changer. Oh God! So, so I, you need people like that on your team, though. It, 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 dude, this ain't even the best equalizer. I know, like, it, but it's, it's not. 20, it's, it's what they gave us in twenty twenty three. What did we have to watch in twenty twenty three, Lamont? I know we got shows that cover a whole gambit a plethora of films and and television shows, but 2023 was a rough year for the movie industry, and you cannot front. uh, But over Oppenheimer? Like, huh? Uh, I didn't. Equalizer 3? Three? You put 3? Okay, all right, I'm not. Yes. You're number two, sir. My number two. (laughs) My number two just dropped. Uh, It's it's our guy, Jeffrey Wright. It's mm. American fiction. How did you come to write this book? What really struck me was that too few books were about my people. Where are our stories? Where's our representation? Would you give us the pleasure of reading an excerpt? Yo, Sharonda, girl, you be pregnant again? If I is, Ray Ray is gonna be a real father this time around. Thank you. Your books are good, but they're not popular. Editors, they want a black book. They have a black book. I'm black, and it's my book. You know what I mean. Yeah, that was a strong nomination. Uh, Had to go see this. Like, this is basically, he's an author. They Well, he can't sell any books. So they're like, you know, write something. And he creates this. This hood book, just right. about buffoonery, just straight buffoonery, buffoonery. all this, and they take it seriously. And, and now so he, he has, has to be the character. He has to. He be has the... to be the character. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, come on, it, it don't get better. Je- Jeffrey Wright's amazing, and, and then uh, you got Tracy Ellis Ross, you got John Ortiz. Like this mm-hmm. is a really good adult movie that's not a sequel, that's original, that. Is yeah, it's my number two. Is it original though? Because it's, I mean, okay, man, the parallel maybe. between that story and uh, what's our character in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air when uh, Will started writing poetry for the so girl? We compare, so we compare it to the to a, to a TV show now. Yeah, basically, to, it's, to, the, it's to the same story of an eighties TV show. So it's, that's, it's that's the same. Doing. It's the same premise. He is uh, uh the ghetto. He is That's the what we're doing. Equalizer three. That's what we're doing. Hey, okay. you can judge me on that, but I'm just saying Equalizer three. That we doing. those two All is the a strong parable. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not taking away how great the acting was. Not taking away none of that. Just saying, wasn't that original? I'm just saying. Okay, Equalizer three. There's three in the title, and you go to oh okay. yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I'm three <laughs> and four. Like that my means, my. My three and four, my three and two are are three and fours. I mean, you got sequels. a copy of a copy. You got a I got copy a copy of a copy. Yeah, and you talk about 
it loses a couple of generations in it, but it's still a good copy. Like you All still right. you still gonna listen to it. Anyway, right. what what what's your number one, man? Come number on. one. And this this is gonna strike your heart because I mean we can't resist. We're dog people. My number one film of 2023 is Strays. Today is gonna be the best day ever. I love sunshine, I love butterflies, but more than anything, I love Doug. Hey! Shut the fuck up! Fucking piece of shit. That's Doug, the best owner in the world. We're playing this game called Fetch and Fuck. Fetch! He drops me off really far away and drives home without me. When I bring the ball back, he says, Fuck. (laughs) That's how I know I won the game. Strays was one of the best films of the year for me. I love Jamie Foxx. I love Will Ferrell as these two dogs trying to make it through life and get, get somewhere happy. And I, I, I almost cried. I cried because I felt like <laughs> I was one with, with uh, uh, what's, what's, what's this uh, Will Ferrell's dog's name? Oh, I can't think of it now. See, you're one with him though, but you don't. You but I, 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 he's like my spirit animal. Like he, <laughs> he got done so bad. Doug, what? No, nah, he, he, he was after Doug. Doug was the guy that he was trying to be with all he's the time. Terrible owner. Doug is the worst. Doug is the worst owner ever. Owner. I mean, he make Michael Vick look like a saint. Whoa, <laughs> just saying. Uh, but with Reggie. that, that was Reggie. Reggie. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Reggie. Reggie is my Reggie spirit. Reggie Bug, album. yeah. Reggie and Bug, yeah. Great film. That was one of my favorite films of the year. Enjoyable to watch. Uh, just one of those. It's, it's like it's one of those films that you're not supposed to get kind of teary on, like Dumbo or something like that. But you sit up there, and you be like, I, I get it, and you <laughs> you gotta okay, all right. I'm not gonna cry. But I get it. He wants he want somebody to love him. I get it. Yeah. So Strays for me is my number one, bro. All right. Strays, listen, Strays is a is a great film. I really enjoyed it. It's better than Equalizer uh, three. <laughs> yeah. oh, Will you God. stop going back into that yeah, area? I can't, I can't do that. That, that hurts. But my, my my number one, uh Barbie. Hey Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday and so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever. You guys ever think about dying? When my heart breaks. Some things have been happening that might be related. When my world shakes. Cold shower. Ooh. Falling off my roof. Ah! And my heels are on the ground. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Barbie was really good. Knuff. I am Knuff. And I'm ready to do stuff. Yeah. But I'm giving it number one because I was truly surprised. I was going into it like, this is not going to be any good. Mm-hmm. But then when you get into it and you see it's more than just a movie about a toy. Yeah. Like it's literally saying something about womanhood and ladies and what they're standing for. Then about like men and like what we stand for. And it's just like social commentary, like wrapped in a movie, mm-hmm. uh, great performances. I feel like Gosling, he gets an Oscar. I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like. It's just really Margot Robbie gets, I think she gets nominated. I don't know if she wins. I think Greta Gerwig gets nominated. I know the song, I'm Enough. I feel like it wins something. Song. Yeah, it got to yeah, win wins something. Because it's just really creative and well done. And if guys are open minded and go see it, then you'll be like, okay, this isn't what I thought it was. Yeah, I think the expectations for it was very bubblegum and candy cane type of thing and it was way deeper than what people saw it as and it was funny I was talking to somebody and they were like I didn't like it it was it was stupid I was like wow you didn't see past you didn't see the forest past the trees because you were so stuck on 
it being a, a girly type thing where it was really a woman type thing. It was liberation. Yeah. And I I, I dug it, bro. Yeah, I feel like some points were heavy handed, but it reminded me like I don't know, uh like Spike Lee movie at his best, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? With something where it's saying something mm-hmm. and you're still getting entertained. Uh I love Will Ferrell. I didn't really like him in this so much. Yeah. But but it was I don't know, it was it was entertaining. It was it was uh I think we're gonna get more of these. I promise you there's gonna be more movies about hopefully more movies for ladies, but more movies about toys and stuff that you're trying to figure out. So that that's my number one in the year. Cool. All right, now you got some hot takes, right? Yeah. Uh, being that we're in the Christmas season, holiday season, I got, I got, I got a couple of hot takes. You know, I'm kind of, I need, I need some help. I need some help. I need some people to try to help me out. Maybe I need to lay on the couch. Maybe I need therapy. Yeah. But uh, no, nah, but I'm gonna let you get them off. Like I only, I only got, I got one hot take, and it's not so much Christmas related is more of a like media related okay. I feel like I feel like next year we're gonna see the the effect of the strike yeah I feel like we're gonna get our Abbott Elementary and all these shows that was supposed to have been in production they're gonna be pushed back further and further mm. so you're gonna see like we this year we thought we saw it next year it's gonna be a whole lot different but do you think I think it'll probably be like anything else. We'll go through a drought of some really terrible stuff and they'll see it in the numbers and then they're going to open the floodgates to a lot of creative people who've had their stuff tabled a lot. And then like, <laughs> here, we, here I go sounding like an analyst for uh, financial stuff. Then in 2025, we get like this onslaught of just great films and meaningful films. I think that's what's going to happen. I agree with the fact that yeah, we're going to feel we're going to feel the pinch of it because they're going to finally start letting people do what they got to do, but then we're going to go through that drought, but then it's going to be something great. I hope so. I, I like I hope you're right on that, but I just feel like with the the way the finances are going, like they're they're cutting shows, like a lot of shows did not get renewed because mm. they couldn't find their audiences. Mm. Like that that sucks, and then uh, I don't know. We'll see. I hope. I mean, I'm being optimistic for sure, but I just feel like it's gonna be a minute before, because like I said, they're cutting shows, they're pushing stuff to streaming, they're not giving it a chance to run. Uh, so I don't know. But oh, okay, jump into your hot takes, sir. Okay, that so my one. See, with yours, it's more of an end of the year. I'm still stuck in the Christmas spirit. I don't know when this show is gonna drop, but you can think about it for next year as well. Here's what I got. Hot take for me. I think Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was used by Santa Claus. I feel like if there wasn't a foggy Christmas Eve, Rudolph would still be getting uh, ridiculed and and, and treated less than a a real reindeer. I think Dancer Blitzen, Donna, Comet, all of those guys would still be going going and making fun of uh, Rudolph. I just feel that way. Anybody else want to challenge me on that? Show me the show me the receipts, and we can work it out from there. I feel like Rudolph he had a disability, and they took advantage of it. But you know, yeah. But even with that, like, where does he go after that? Like, he still can be used. Like, he still is a vital part of the team with his disability. And that I could be a series like that. Yeah. I, could, I could see that if they wanted to bring that back here. Yeah. Like the head deer, who gets the head deer spot? Like Rudolph was the head deer for one night because of his disability, and then you just put him back in the, in the pasture. No. So with that, I feel like that's one of my hot takes for Christmas. Uh, another one is why no why why nobody won't tell the story of Mrs. Claus? Why they don't give us a deep deep in depth talk about? It? She's just a side character. It's like. Santa Claus does all gets all the glory, and then he comes back and props his feet up, and Mrs. Claus got to put up with him. Like tell the story of of, of July with Santa Claus, and the and the story of Mrs. Claus. I, I need to see that, you know. Uh, I like a prequel, a prequel before she becomes Mrs. Claus. Yeah, like yeah. What what was her career path before she you know settled down with this guy, uh, Chris Kringle? You know, 
What what happened? How did Chris mess her life? I mean, not mess her life up, but change her life. You know, it could be a Barack Obama type story. It could be any of that. I mean, you never know. You never know. Never know. Um, another one. What if what if the elves went on strike? Since we had a, a writer's strike, give me a Christmas story of the 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 the, the, the Christmas that could that almost didn't happen. Did what they if? do that? I think they did. I've that. never I seen that remember. story. I've never seen that story. Maybe we get an elf. And he talks about, hey man, I'm sick of eating candy canes for money and drinking all this. He's an elf that gets diabetes. How about that? Ooh. And all they get paid in is candy canes. And you know, we've seen the seen the film Elf. Let's see a story of an elf with diabetes and how he almost ended Christmas. I need to see that. Okay. And another 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 thing. All this hype on the North Pole. Well, there is a movie. It's the Elf Bowling movie, The Great North Pole Strike. That's an actual. Oh, movie. there is. I gotta see yeah. it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you for the. Thank you, Google. It's a strike. They went on strike. Yeah. I need that. I need to watch that. So that hot take is over. Cool. We okay. we solved that. <laughs> Why isn't there a storyline for the South Pole? Mm-hmm. Nobody. It, all we all the love goes to the North Pole. I need a South Pole story. About stuff that go down in the South. So make me a South Pole story and I'll be happy. And the last one for me is, well, next to the last one. This is my fifth take. Why all the Christmas movies, songs, and stories are set in snowy environments? Because it's Christmas. But it, but why? <laughs> because it's because it, it works better in the Christmas works better in the snow. No, I, I see what you're because, saying. Because like, because a lot of us come from environments where snow is rarely or never possible. What do you tell the people in Miami? I'm dreaming okay. of a white Christmas. No, they're dreaming of a sandy Christmas. Their Christmases are sandy, and they got surfing, and they got people come there. I'm dreaming about a tourist Christmas because that's what Miami people get. I mean, even us, even people from Mississippi, we didn't really get no white Christmas. No. Or when we did get one, we were so excited and then we saw, oh, we ain't built for this because this car accidents <laughs> happening everywhere. We're not fair, used to that. So tell the stories of the warm climate Christmas. I need warm climate Christmas. Okay. I need those stories told. And my last one is for me, the greatest diss song ever written was the theme song from The Grinch. Greatest diss song ever. And I need The Grinch to come back and answer the guy who talked about him throughout that whole whole song. If you go back, listen to the lyrics, and even read the lyrics. They got the lyrics printed up. The stuff he says about The Grinch is so cold, it makes no Vaseline look sorry. Ooh. And that's one of the strongest diss songs ever. It's right up there with Ether. Like it's 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 a dis it's a straight up diss song. Ether's not Ether's not in that. Let's let's not do that. I'm sorry. Well Ether's not. Ether's not. Well I tell you, it, it <laughs> I need somebody to I'm sorry. I'm a J guy. I'm a J guy. So I get it. I get it. it. I know you're gonna have a bias on it. I know it, I know it, yeah. but it's still this the greatest diss song ever written before diss songs got real for me is the theme song to the Grinch. And I need the Grinch. To come back and do a song to counter the guy who did the song out there. I don't need him to walk away like Meek Mill did on Drake. I need him to. I need him to step up to the mic and drop some hot bars on this guy. Did you see the uh, tweet that Jim Carrey put out there? I have not. What is it? No, he said that the Grinch, uh, the Grinch, uh, did not. The Grinch liked Christmas. He just didn't like people. Wow. So that was that's what like they, they said the Grinch hated Christmas. He didn't hate Christmas, he hated people. So wow. I don't know. Yeah, I, I could that's a strong take. That's yeah. but see who took time to get into the Grinch head but Jim Carrey. Like nobody yeah. like that gives hope to people like Oscar Oscar the Grouch. Like who really knew why Oscar ended up in the trash can? Yeah. See, that opens up a whole nother can of worms, man. That's a, we'll we'll have another show with just abstract hot takes 
on stuff that we've seen coming up because I got a lot of questions about it. But thank you, Lamont, for letting me get this off my chest. <laughs> hopefully, people, hopefully somebody can come and, and fix it like you did with uh, the whole Elf Strike story. Yeah. Maybe somebody can come and help me out with a, uh, uh, Mrs. Claus prequel. Maybe somebody can help me out with, you know, the use of Rudolph after that foggy Christmas Eve. Maybe somebody can help me out with the South Pole. I need, I just need somebody to help me out with these hot takes because I got questions about Christmas in total. Like, what do you do when you don't have a chimney and, and Santa Claus needs to come into your house? Oh, my dad would say he just come through the come to the door. See, but anybody else do that? You get shot. You know? I know, but like he gets a pass because it's Christmas. That's my dad. Like it's Christmas, so they know. Yeah, you don't I'm, need a I'm, chimney. Yeah, you they, they listen. Parents lie to kids. Let me tell you that Easy. that's basically it. That's it. Because <laughs> I'm like I'm like Goody Mob. Who's that peeping in my window? I get there. We in an apartment. Well, he comes through the window. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta make up the lies for the kids. Yeah, the, oh, the kids. Sorry. I'm sorry. Right. If the kids yeah. listening, Santa Claus is real. He's real. But uh, yeah. Right, before before we get out of here, uh, Derek, <laughs> any more TV shows or movies that you recommend uh, this year that didn't get on our list that you want to give an honorable mention? I got a couple I want to shout out. Well, let me hear out. yours because I um, nothing comes to mind for me now. Now, Bass Reeves Lawman. Mm, uh, David I've been Ayello, wanting to check that one out. Paramount Plus, strong. It's in the Taylor Sheridan universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a guy from, from Yellowstone that does all these good ones. Cool to see the Black Cowboy. Like, very, very well done. David Aiello plays Dr. King in it. He's one of the producers on it. Like, a really strong show. And so I suggest everybody check that out. Uh, Fargo is back with John Hamm. Mm, uh, okay, and it's it's the OG Fargo. Like it's taking us back to Minnesota. It got it has a girl from um, what is it? Uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah. Oh, played, the the yeah. owner. No, the girlfriend. She plays the girlfriend in Ted oh, Lasso. Okay. She, she so she's getting rid of her British accent. Bro, she's Minnesotan. Like she. Has oh a wow! These she's, British actors are taking over, bro. She is. She's a killer though. Like she's a she's a she's like. He has guns and beating up folk and just really well done. So if you're a Fargo fan, Fargo is back. It's back in his glory. So definitely check it out. So those are the two recommendations that I got as far as TV shows are concerned. Okay. Uh, as far as movies, uh, if you didn't get a chance to go and see uh, The Harder They Fall, I really recommend you go see that. If you're that into was, Western. Was that, that in, year, yeah, that was was it in 22? Yeah, it's 22. Oh, damn. My, well, never mind. That's cool, but still go see it. Like, like, listen. Yeah, it, it's. I'm like, I, I still want. If any film, I would want a sequel to. The harder they fall. The harder they fall would be one. Uh, I got. Uh, they clone Tyrone. They clone Tyrone. Yeah, that really was good. another good one. It did make my list, but it was right outside. But Jamie Foxx is in his bag again. John Boyega, he's he gonna be a problem. Like he's totally total situation, total situation. Uh, since since we own Jamie Foxx, the burial as well. If you're going to do a Jamie Foxx night, watch the burial and watch uh, they clone Tyrone. Yeah, it's a double header. I would I would say if you just need to get that, and you don't want to watch three hours of Ray, yeah. get you a quick fix of Jamie Foxx with those two, and you you'll stay in your bag with Jamie Foxx. Yeah, so like I said, a bunch of great stuff. Uh, next episode we got we got come we got the color purple coming up. Oh yes, I'm looking forward. All star on that. Uh, that's coming out. Uh, we got new things in a new year. Like I said, we like I said we're gonna be on top of it, ladies and gentlemen. So like, please tune into the driving. We're gonna have something for you every week. That's a promise from us. That is true. Because we're going to continue to watch the bad movies so they don't So have you to. don't have to, for sure. And, and another way, and you got me thinking about this. How do we feel about, before we let it go, Andre Brower, man. Like, yeah. Uh, died at 61 years old. He said it was lung cancer. I remember him. Like, everybody's talking homicide life on the street. Mm-hmm. Great show. For me, the Andre Brower performance against me is when he was flipped. On Get on the Bus, the Spike Lee movie. Mm. I like. I thought he, he was amazing in that. Like I, he, like and in Glory. Don't forget about yeah, Glory. Yeah, and that, I was about to bring that up. Like he was one of the one of the side characters in Glory. Like he played he played such a good side character in Glory. I almost thought he was in the Soldier Story. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wasn't he in the Soldier Story? No, this was before Soldier Story. Was way before his time. 
But the dude, he just was one of those captivating guys. Like, he wouldn't just come on screen and be a side character. You had to take notice to his ability. And when he started getting more speaking roles, he ran with it, bro. Yeah, he did. So he's one of our great actors that we lost. And what did, uh, like, 61 years old, way too young to die. The old Chris Rock joke is... uh. 61 is only young when you die at 61. Right. You know, like, but when so you're close to 61, it's like, he's too young. No, yeah. 61 is still the same 61. Yeah, so he's out. He, we lost him, and we lost Norman Lear, American screenwriter and producer. Yeah. And, like, he he shaped our childhood. Like, people, I'm just going to name off the shows, All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Maude, Good Times, Sanford and Son. Yeah, I think with him, he was a pioneer as far as getting black people seen on television. I think a lot of people knock him as far as the characters were concerned or the storyline was concerned. But we got to start somewhere, people. We got to get in the door. And he offered those opportunities. And like you said, a lot of those characters shaped our childhood. Our African-American man. Be be an entrepreneur, and even though yeah, he don't live in a mansion, he lives in a high rise apartment on the east side. Which, by the way, some of the best theme music ever. Like you can still listen to that stuff and groove to it. But those characters, to see those people, they weren't just lazy black people. These people were entrepreneurs. These people ran their own course. And I mean, to see some of them, you saw your relative. You, Fred Sanford was like some of my, my uncles. Yeah, like Fred owned his own business. Like yeah. he took took care of his son. He was a widower. Like he was a for all the bad stuff he did, he was a good dude. Like yeah. George had his own business. Uh, good times. That was a nuclear family that was together. You know, Archie Bunker. Like it was a shot shot spotlight into like real life and how people really felt. Yeah. So like and and also starting conversations to overcome those biases in people's houses. If Archie yeah, Archie, Archie Bunker was was a racist until he came into the dynamic of, of George Jefferson who was a racist too. And they both knocked heads but then they respected each other at the end of the day. It's the same way with uh Fred Sanford and and how he didn't like uh what's my boy name? Raul. Yeah. And how they adjusted and they became familiar with each other. It it was his line of work was more so to provoke conversations to people who would never talk to each other. Yeah. 100%. So, respect and shout outs to him, man. Rest in peace, yeah. sir. Strong career, strong strong legacy. All right, let's hear. We'll we'll be back next week with more, but we appreciate you guys joining us, man. Peace. Peace. Peace.